Hello and welcome to Let It Be, a podcast about less doing and more being. This is episode 17. So Brooke, you know how I like to drop big questions on you with only a moment's notice? (laughs) (laughs) Well, here's a big one for you. What does happiness what, what does happiness look like to you? Happiness. That's that, that, you're right, that is a big question. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it used to look like unbridled joy to me before I learned how to adult. I, I thought that was happiness, you know, like the over-the-top yeah. singing and like face-splitting grin kind of joy. The stock, the stock photo version of happiness exactly. in the field with your arms Slightly outstretched. demented kind of <laughs> look in your eyes. Like everything's amazing and I'm going to explode. Like that, was, that to me was happiness. Now, though, um, it's not so much – it doesn't look like anything as much as it feels like something. And I was thinking about it this morning. And it's this kind of warm, safe feeling. Like it's a physical feeling that I get in my chest. And I feel it at a whole, you know, a whole range of, of times, like when I help people or when I'm driving my car and listening to music and singing like a complete <laughs> lunatic. Um, you know, when I'm doing specific things like traveling or spending time with the kids and being outdoors or reading a good book, like those things all lead me to feeling happy. But I understand now that happiness, like that, that feeling, that, that brand of happiness isn't for always. I used to think that that's what it was to be happy, you know, have that constant feeling of even if not the crazy person joy, but even that like that radiating kind of feeling in my chest, that that was happiness. And if I didn't have that, then there was something wrong. So now it's more contentment, really. If, you know, my needs are met and selfishly most of my wants are also met, that's contentment, you know. And I think uh, I, I – I know, this was meant to be a short answer, but I, I used to think <laughs> There's that no short answer to this question. There is, well, there isn't. Um, but I used to think when people spoke about contentment that they were kind of settling or selling out or giving in or, you know, kind of uh, settling for mundane. Like for some reason I had contentment aligned with mundane. But now that I'm a bit older and, you know, less demented, uh, it's – Contentment is really what I'm aiming for. It's just that quiet, calm contentment. You know, there are the peaks of crazy person joy and then there's also the (laughs) other side of it, like the sadness or the, you know, the down days or the depression. But contentment is just kind of hitting somewhere in the middle and I figure if I can hit that most of the time, that's happiness for me. Yeah, I definitely agree. It's funny you mentioned driving in the car, listening to music you love, because I'd certainly, if I think of moments where I feel like that kind of crazy, happy joy, it's it's that same moment, like you're driving along in the car and it's a warm day and you've got the window down and there's a great song on the radio and you feel like singing along to it and you go, oh, this is it. This is happiness. Mm-hmm. But But I'm very much like you in that to me, and definitely, you know, getting close to 40 now, so I've 
been around for a while. I've definitely moved on from that pursuit of that joyful, joyful happiness. And because I, I used to be like you, I used to think that was the goal to be like that all the time, yeah. to be one of those people that are just always buzzing with energy and over the top joy. And I kind of felt like if I didn't have that level of happiness, then, you know, I was failing in in that quest. And now these days I'm very much on the con- contentment train. Like I, the thing that I like about contentment is that, you can be having a bit of a bad day, but overall, you still have a high level of contentment. And, you know, as much as you know, so I'm a striver, I can't help but strive for things. But I do try with this with contentment, not to be striving for it, but just to be enjoying it mm. when it's there, um, as opposed to always pushing for it. And yeah, so I, I do I equate happiness mostly with with contentment these days, um, but the whole reason we're talking about happiness or the topic of happiness happiness today is because you found this great post on Medium by Benjamin P Hardy. It's titled "The Secret to Happiness is Ten Specific Behaviors," and we both kind of nodded our way <laughs> through these ten behaviors. So we thought, you know, let's unpack these today. Um, we may not get through all 10, but they're all pretty good, so we're going to give it a good go. And so the very first behaviour, which I thought was so you and not so me, <laughs> was let go of the need for specific outcomes. So that's obviously, you know, dealing, getting comfortable with uncertainty and getting comfortable with not always knowing what the next step is or not always knowing what's going to happen. Um I'm not there yet, but you certainly, this is something that contributes to your happiness, I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I I used to really hate not knowing the answer to what was going to happen. And even kind of once I let go of that, I was really not even so concerned about not knowing, but like the when of finding out, if that makes sense. I just became impatient as well. Whereas now I'm learning and like continue to learn. I don't have this on lockdown at all, but uh, it's something that I'm becoming more and more comfortable with is not not needing to know anymore. Like just learning to be in the process of change or discovery or, you know, living or making decisions. I'm getting much better at that. And I, I do feel a sense of ease and contentment when I realize that I don't have the answers and that's okay and sometimes it's even better than okay because mm. you know occasionally I <laughs> you're going yeah you're a crazy person. no no I'm actually <laughs> seeing um we <laughs> we were talking before we before we started pressing recording about how I nearly died last week um and so we were I was flying back into Perth after being away and um the wind was insane. The wind is always a bit dodgy flying back into Perth. Um it's like one of the th- apparently in the top 3 worst cities in the world to try and land a plane, which is great when you live here <laughs> and get on a plane quite frequently. Um but anyway, it was horrendously windy. The plane was all over the place on land, you know, coming into land and just before he landed, he pulled up and we he boarded the landing. And we were all like, oh, okay, that's great. And, you know, of course, if you've ever had an aborted landing, you have this thing like where it goes into a steep ascent and then it has to do this big giant bank around to, you know, go again. 
which is not fun either. Um, so then second landing, second attempted landing comes in. We're just about there. I can see the tops of trees and he pulls up again. Oh. And this is the point where I went, well, that's it. We're going to die <laughs> because I just thought that I, nothing's changed here. The wind's not changing. There's no other runways. It's like Perth doesn't have like 10 runways. I think we have like two and they're both heading in the same direction. Um, so and it was at that point in time that I went, uh, I really let go of the need for the, my specific outcome of get this plane on the ground safely, please. I kind of went, well, I have no control over what's going to happen here. I don't know if we're going to land safely or not. And it was a really peaceful feeling to cede control of my entire life to somebody else. Um, <laughs> and it's something I'm still unpacking, but, yeah, so I can kind of – So now that I've had that experience and because you have been not preaching but preaching the the (laughs) benefits of embracing uncertainty to me, this is something I'm going to try to do a little bit more is not try to control every single minute of my day, which anyone who's listened to this podcast for a while will know that that will be very difficult for me. But, yeah, it's something I'm very intrigued about following. Yeah. Yeah. That's I, that's massive. Like like you said, we were talking about it before we hit record, but far out. <laughs> what a, what a smack in the face realization. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know we we you know I guess this is when we have these big moments in our lives that you know are life changing. So I'm interesting to see how life changing that moment is. I was we did all. It was funny when we landed in the end because it wasn't like this rapturous applause. It was kind of like this almost this golf clap of good job. That, thank you for landing us safely, pilot. Thank you, you, know. <laughs> thank you for keeping us alive. <laughs> yeah. um, not sure if I ever want to be on your plane again. Um, but, yeah, no, it was in, a very interesting experience. But um, anyway, so that was number one, let go of the need for specific outcomes. Um, number two is something that both of us do talk about a lot, and that is define your own success and happiness in that, you know, no two, no two human beings are the same. So why... Why you know why should we have one standard of success? So I think on that? the the key word there is why. You know I talk about it a lot. If if you're looking to make changes or you know you're not happy with the way life is, and this is what I've done over over time, is ask yourself why you want to change or why you want you know a particular a particular you know area of your life to to become. A priority and that reason, like the reasons that you come up with, be it, um, you know, better health, improved relationships, uh, you know, smaller mortgage, whatever it is, they then become your, um, your defined, I don't want to use the word goals because it's not really what I'm looking for, <laughs> but um, they become your, your foundation of, and your direction, I guess. Exactly. And it's kind of how you measure your feeling of, getting somewhere, you know, you because you can have someone else's yardstick. It's not going to be that helpful for you because, you know, in the end, it's their goal, not yours. So I think it's really important to figure out why you want to, to make a change or why you want to do something differently and and use that as your own, uh, you know, your, your own yardstick because ultimately we can't do everything. We can't, you know, we can't. Yeah measure ourselves by everyone else's 
level of success or measure of success or happiness because it it's not applicable. So I think it's really important to to learn to let go of what other people think you need to be happy and figure out what that looks like for you. And I mean, it's really easy to say that and much <laughs> harder to actually sit down and do it. But that's definitely something that I've been learning over the last few years, you know, what and I think the word should has a lot to do with it. Yeah. Like what should I be doing? What should I be aiming for? What should I be trying to do? Yeah, don't worry so much about should. You know, what fits with you and your people and your life and your your focus? Yeah. And I think the thing is when people do find themselves following a path that someone else has set for them or pursuing a level of success that someone else is someone else's level of success and then you get there you achieve that level of success and it's a very empty feeling because you that's the moment where you realize oh yeah this isn't actually this wasn't for me and I've just spent all this time going after this and now the payoff's not there because it wasn't what I really wanted to do so I think maybe you know if you've if you've ever found that yourself in that situation hopefully it now makes it easier for you to push back when you when other people are telling you you should do something, it, you know, now you can go, hang on, no, I've done that before. I've gone after what other people told me should do to my detriment. I'm going to follow my own path now. So, yeah. I so think the, part of the, that is, oh, sorry, part of just listening, I'm like, that, so much of that is about growing up to, you know, yeah. like the rite of passage that we all go through. And it might, some of us might do it at 13, some of us might be 25 or 30, you know, but going through that realization that, hang on, I'm chasing this thing and that's not my thing to begin with, you know, Uh, and like it's the stereotypical kind of teenage movie where kids like, I'm not going to that college because, uh, you know, that's what you wanted to do, dad, that sort of thing. But everyone has that in some capacity in their life uh, probably multiple times and I think that's all part of growing up and growing into ourselves as well and I still feel like I'm doing that, you know, as a 34-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's easy to do. I think it's I think the important thing is to catch yourself doing it and I think that's when you know you kind of you've grown up a little bit is when you're able to go put the brakes on something and go, "Whoa, hang on a minute, like I'm, I'm my feet are on this path and I've just realized that I don't want to be on this path. Yeah, it's not then, my path." Yeah, someone else's path. What am I doing here? And then pulling back from that. And I think that's um when you reach that level of self-awareness, you know you're heading in the right in the right direction. Um, so then number three on, I can't remember the author's name. Benjamin um, Hardy. Benjamin Hardy, number three on his list, and I really, really like this one, was commit 100% to the things that make you happy. And he says when you're 100% committed, you no longer need to rely on willpower. Um, and he says saying no to anything outside our highest ideals becomes extremely easy and this is living proactively rather than reactively. And I really, really love this because I this is something I definitely found that when I kind of took a really big step back and obviously it you know, took a really big breakdown for me to force myself to take a step back, but once I did and once I identified the things that were really, really important to me, then I did go after those things 100% um, and it didn't take effort to do that because I was 100% committed to them. I wasn't 50%. I wasn't 98%. It was like I was all in and it just made decision-making so much easier. Mm. I, I, I agree with it um, and I can see absolutely the value in it. It's just it's not 
like that's not my strength. There are there have been many times and many instances in my life where that is the case, where like I I know what you know what my standing is on a particular thing, so I know what my decision is going to be. And that's really easy. Like first thing that comes to mind is with my kids, you know, my job is to protect them. So that's really easy. I don't have to question that decision to do the thing that's going to protect them, you know. Um, But I know that like you're, you're an upholder if we're going back to Gretchen (laughs) Rubin's framework. Um, And again, I don't love putting labels, but that's for the (laughs) sake of this, that's sort of what you identified as. And I'm more of an obliger. So I, tend to be a reactive person in some ways you know I will react to other people's desires or other people's agendas and that's part of the reason why I like I'm so open to suggestion with something (laughs) even though like I know I know what I should be doing because it's you know in line with what I want to be doing but sometimes I just find myself still and this ties into the whole idea of saying no and struggling with that which we've spoken about before mm-hmm. I still find myself really I really need to talk myself through that process uh, but I do agree with it because when you do when your behavior is aligned with your beliefs or your goals or whatever it is much easier because you can see it, you know, leading towards that place and you're committed to it 100%. I think that's um, – it's really important. It's just not something that I'm particularly good at. <laughs> so um, number four on Hardy's list um, is obviously something we've spoken about a bit before and actually I think only a few episodes ago, which is essentially be grateful for what you already have. Um, so most people, and I, I know I catch myself doing this, um, we focus on what we don't have and we put, and it's, it's scarcity complex. So we put a lot more value on the things that we don't have instead of valuing the things that we do. And as Hardy says, how can you possibly find happiness when you relentlessly want more and more and never f- properly appreciate what you have? So obviously, this is something both you and I, you know, are advocates of the, the gratitude side of things. Yeah. No, I think there's so much power in just flipping our mindset. And instead of going, I want this thing that, you know, that I, that I want, whatever it is, flip it around and look at everything that we have, you know, and like I'm saying thing as in, you know, material possessions, but it can be anything, relationships, time, um, you know, health, whatever. I think when we just flip it and make it a positive and make it a, a mindset shift where we just stop and think, man, I am so fortunate for these things. And, um, you know, I know there is a, a a movement against that kind of thinking in some ways because people think that it, you're kind of burying your issues or, you know, like I think if you were talking about the example of like, oh, how fabulous that I stood in dog poo. Like that's wonderful. <laughs> I don't know if that was you or if that was Sabelle. I can't remember. Yeah, it was Sabelle. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but you know what? Like, so I, I can see that, but I really do. I'm, like, I really do believe that if you just stop and make it a, you know, a real mindset shift to to gratitude without sort of going all twee and 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 silly but to find wonder in the fact that like our eyes work and our lungs breathe and that kind of thing you know I think sometimes it it really does help to put perspective uh on our wants which if we let them can just run constantly like they'll just continue to grow our wants because we get the thing we want 
And all of a sudden that's not the thing that we want anymore because we want the next yeah, thing. there's a new thing to want. Exactly. And that's, I, um, something I've started doing at night is in my little so it's a gratitude journal but I really struggle with gratitude journals because mm. I it feels twee to me. Yep. So what I've started doing is just making a list of everything that was good about a given day. And I think what that does is exactly what you say it flips things a bit because the human brain is hardwired to focus on what what didn't go good or what's missing or what's not there. Um and so that's one way of me flipping it going here's all the things you know and even on the shittiest days <laughs> things went well things mm. like you know my car started this morning and I could drive my child to school and you know these things that we take for granted but if, if they weren't there they'd be really really a huge inconvenience <laughs> and kind of ruin our day you know so so little things like that and then the other thing I've started doing is each morning when I do my morning pages the Julia Cameron thing um, I start off going, what am I excited about today? Like, And it always kind of blows me away to see how many things I'm excited about mm. because I don't really focus on those things. I focus on my worries usually and I find it so much more useful to focus on the things that I'm excited about and discover that they are present in my life in great abundance because, yeah, I just feel we don't focus on the abundance in our life. We tend to focus on the scarcity and I really love flipping that around where and when I can. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. I always ask, I, we ask our kids at the dinner table every night, um, like what, what was your favourite part of the day? Yeah. Um, and that I think is it's kind of helping teach them to – to look back and be grateful for something that happened. I mean, we do also ask them about what was their not so great, what was their not favorite part of the day, yeah. um, because that gives an opportunity to talk about something that they might not have otherwise had the opportunity to talk about. But I think with the gratitude, it's just kind of teaching them to pay attention to the fact that on any given day, something good has happened. Yeah, you know, definitely. And we're incredibly fortunate. I think we've spoken about that before, but, um, yeah, fortunate that the list would be quite long. (laughs) Now I'm going to skip a few of Hardy's list because we're trying to keep this episode around the 20, 25-minute mark, and I'm going to skip ahead to one that I quite like, um, and that is do something every day that terrifies you. I don't recommend getting on a plane that's going to abort its landing (laughs) two two or three times. That was terrifying and I don't ever need to do that again. But um, Hardy does say happy people step out of their comfort zone. And the important thing about stepping out of your comfort zone is this. You can't grow if you don't challenge yourself. And growth is a requirement of happiness. And I totally, totally agree with this. And this is something I've been doing in the last year because I am a huge fan of the comfort zone. (laughs) It's a nice place to be. Everything's under control in there. Um, there's no surprises. I don't really like surprises. Um, but in the past year, I've just, yeah, I've really forced myself that if I'm in a situation where I'm holding back from doing something out of fear, fear of the person's reaction, fear that they might say no, fear that they might not answer at all, I've been forcing myself to just do it. Um and you know what? I've gotten lots of no's. I've gotten lots of silence. Um, but what I've not gotten is someone pointing the finger and going, oh, my God, you're such an idiot. I cannot believe you asked me that or you asked that thing of me. Um, so I've not got that. And what I have got is a few yeses 
or a few relationships um, or a few cool things happen that would never have ever happened um, if I hadn't put myself out there. And I feel myself growing, you know, I'm definitely growing as a person because the story I've always told myself is that, you know, Kelly is very shy. Um, she doesn't like, you know, initiating contact with people and that's just how she is and, you know, that's how it's always going to be. And so I've kind of been challenging that shy side of myself and pushing her a little bit and it's been really interesting the things that have come out of that. So, yeah, I do. So, yeah, for shy people who understand this, initiating con- you know, initiating a conversation with someone is terrifying but I've been doing it a lot more and it's yielded some really interesting things. Mm. Oh, I mean, I agree with you completely that things typically don't change um, when we're in our comfort zone. Like this year for us has been, for Ben and I has been all <laughs> yeah. about like just dump, jumping headfirst out of our comfort zone and, you know, he quit his job and we started working together and it's um, it's all been amazing because you don't know how far you can expand when you're in your comfort zone either. You know, That's you don't, right. And, um, yeah, I – I, this is probably front of mind because we're leaving for Canada in a, about a week where we're going snowboarding. And I'm like, I'm a fearful snowboarder. I'm pretty, like, I'm decent. <laughs> I'm okay. I can get down the hill. Um, but I'm fearful. And it's so interesting for me to s- sort of sit there and watch how my brain responds when I tell myself that I'm fearful, even though I've got yeah, this is right. not necessarily anything to be afraid of. Um, you know, I've busted my face before and <laughs> hurt myself severely. <laughs> well, not severely, but, you know, enough. Um, so, yeah, it's it's really interesting to see what happens when I tell myself I'm afraid because I, I really clam up. So um, we've got an episode coming up where we sort of talk about these stories that we tell ourselves mm-hmm. and how yeah. they shape us. But, uh, yeah, fear is – it's – Phenomenal. I mean, I, I'm, I'm glad it exists, but um, I think sometimes we give it way too much power in our decisions and our choices. Yeah. I mean, I love how um, I think it was Darren Rouse who said it once that, you know, fear tells you that often tells you, like, okay, sometimes fear tells you that, um, okay, your life's in danger and that's fear that, you know, <laughs> listen to those fears, they're there for a reason. But also a lot of the time fear tells you that something's really important to you. And if something's really important to you, then push, push through that fear because you just don't know what lies on the other side and something super exciting might lie on the other side. And what's the worst that can happen? Well, you get eaten by a bear. (laughs) 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 Don't make me, I don't have a voice. Don't make me laugh. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then I think um, a good point to end on is his, his last point, Hardy's last point. And and there's something I've, had to learn is to forgo, forgo the good to pursue the best. Mm. So this, I think he's talking opportunities here because, you know, in life so much stuff crosses our desk and every, you know, and if, I don't know if you're anything like me, every opportunity looks amazing. And also there's a bit of FOMO that goes with those opportunities. You're like, you don't want to miss out because that might be the thing. Yeah. Um, and I know that when I was particularly lost in life, that was when I was most um, most at risk of this, most at risk of just taking every opportunity because I was so scared that it, one of those opportunities might be the answer to all so my really woes. You are really yeah, looking at you. Yeah, that's right. It might be the secret. You know, who wants to miss the secret? But the, the, what I came to learn is there's no answer. You've got to sort your own shit out first. 
then, you know, then, and then once you've sorted your own shit out, you start being able to sift through these opportunities a lot better. And yeah, being able to let the good ones go through to the keeper. Sorry, that's an Australian cricket reference. Um, <laughs> you know, if, go, you know, go through to the catcher. <laughs> reference um, for our American listeners. Um, but yeah, the ability to let those ones go through. In you know because you know just so that there's room there that when something amazing presents itself, you're able to go, yep, I can do that yep. because I've got room in my life. It's, exactly, yeah. and I think that's again like priorities and like we were talking about earlier. You know, having our our why aligned and our behaviours aligned with with our beliefs. Because um, I might have even mentioned this on an earlier episode, but. At the end of last year, I was approached by like a TV network who wanted me to be a part of a TV show. And it was only very, very early days, but it, the email hit my inbox and the phone calls came at a period where I was just completely and utterly overwhelmed. And my immediate reaction was, well, of course I'm going to do it. Like, why wouldn't I do it? It's an opportunity and I'm not going to say no to an opportunity. And I was talking to Ben about it and I was, I was, really was quite beside myself. Um, with stress and I'd been quite sick and uh, he's, he you were really me, sick <laughs> really sick yeah um, and he he looked at me he's like you know you you can say no right <laughs> like, you're allowed to say no <laughs> like yeah but I wouldn't because what a great opportunity you know anyway his words stuck with me and I, I thought about it and I ended up saying no and I don't regret it in the slightest uh, you know I just it was one of those times where I'm like oh no this this is out of my comfort zone yes to say to say no um, but absolutely the right move and it's meant that I was in a position to a enjoy my life a little bit more and b say yes to things that were in alignment with what I wanted and where I was headed Uh, and I think that was a massive lesson for me so I try and refer back to that feeling uh, anytime I, I feel myself going to say yes to something just because I think that it I should or that it's a good opportunity yeah, oh, definitely. So a good place to wrap up. Uh, I do like how Hardy wrapped up his article and I think this is a great message for everyone listening today. Um, so he says, happy people live in the present. They don't miss the moments that matter most. They are incredibly grateful for all they have. They focus their lives on the important and essential and they forego the many, many good opportunities in order to focus on the best ones. Nailed it. thank you for listening to this episode of let it be if you want to connect with kelly or myself you can find us on social media kelly is at kelly exeter on twitter and on facebook if you search for a life less frantic you will find her there and on uh, twitter i'm at brooke mccallery and on facebook i'm at slow your home and uh, if you wanted to either reach out to us on twitter you can use hashtag let it be pod or uh, head over to letitbe.fm and you can find our show notes and other information about the show. And finally, if you wanted or felt you know, the desire to leave us a rating or a review on iTunes, that would be wonderful. And um, you know, we, we read them all and we appreciate you taking the time to listen and then uh, tell us what you think. For your ears. Who is that? Hi, Puck Pass.